up everybody my name is james d fury and this is blackballed brian Lilly. he is dating a woman named ivana yellick ivana yellick is the press secretary for doug ford and brian Lilly works for the toronto sun people tend not to trust brian Lilly. <laughs> Oh, I should probably put up a picture of him just so we know who we're talking about. Um, people should not trust Brian Lilly because Brian Lilly um, shared the bed with the press secretary, obviously, of Doug Ford, and he writes for the Toronto Sun, and therefore it makes anything that he writes that is in praise of the provincial government or criticizing the federal government uh, or basically any liberal, like the provincial liberal, you have to take it not with a grain of salt you just probably should ignore pretty much everything he reports the timing of his columns are often suspect the toronto sun in the past has circulated a document inside their offices instructing their journalists what they want to talk about that has a conservative bent. they do not try to hide their affiliations they do not try to hide their biases they do not try to hide the fact that they're they're in the tank for Doug Ford and his progressive conservative party of Ontario. And there are other outfits in this country that I would say match that type of standard, let's call it, um, when it comes to how they report the news and when it comes to what they want to say about certain individuals that do not fall in line with the conservative mantra. One of those publications is called the Western Standard. Uh, Full disclosure, I wrote an article for the Western Standard about 17 years ago when it was still run by a young plucky lawyer guy named Ezra Levant. Ezra Levant, uh, before Sun News, before we knew um, that he was uh, kind of the weasel that he is, was, I believe, the publisher, if not the editor, um, someone might want to fact check me on that, uh, of the Western Standard. He wanted to, he wanted me to write an article um detailing the story of me voting several times in the federal election to show how our electoral system was ripe for fraud. And when I did that, I didn't realize at the time, I was in my early 20s, that it was, and I would have done it anyways, even if I did realize it, that it's a staunch conservative issue to require ID at the polls. And I just thought that our elections were were kind of messed up. But the motivation for the Western Standard to hire me to write this piece was because they wanted to put in 
laws like the, the Fair Elections Act. And unfortunately for me, my story was cited several times by this gentleman, the leader of our opposition, Pierre Poiliev, who cited me in the House of Commons during a committee meeting several times uh, trying to bolster his argument for requiring IDs at the polls. My guest today was approached by the Western Standard earlier today to ask him a series of very, very serious questions concerning the lawsuit that has been launched by Shane Home owners Shane and Edith Wenzel uh, against Candleland Incorporated and my guest today. And his name is David Wallace. David. Hey, Long time no see, buddy. How are you? I'm okay. Um, so I used that Brian Lilly example in the intro because, um, and by the way, our file photo, big thanks to Kareem Assad uh, for our file photo. We actually worked on this this together. Um, and, and like I always like to say, she did the heavy lifting. I provided the uh, concept. And this is Brian Lilly. But it's a perfect example of what you were dealing with today in a sense. You when know, funnily enough, yeah, funnily go ahead, enough um, I have a colleague in the business who I won't name, but allegedly uh, that photograph of Mr. Lilly is uh, um, um, probably uh, um, a live action shot from what I've heard. Yeah. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. Um, when you showed me, when you forwarded me the email that you received from the serious journalists over at uh, the Western Standard, Yes. Um, they, I, I, I received this email and I looked at it and I was just, and I immediately called you and I'm like, don't answer any of these questions. And then I was like, okay, well, let me, let's see if we can have fun with this. So the person who wrote the email, um, his name is Jonathan. I always forget his name. Uh, his name is Jonathan Bradley. He's an, it's so funny. He's like, my name is Jonathan Bradley and I am an Alberta reporter at the Western standard. And then he gives his number and it, starts with, four, and it starts with 416. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, look, like he could have a Toronto cell phone uh, because, you know, and moved out West. That's totally plausible. Or he's not based in Alberta. Cause who says that whoever says that they're like stationed in a certain city when they're anyways, it just seems a lot. Now, um, the questions, though, were obviously it would be like Brian Lilly um, contacting David Suzuki and asking very serious questions about the environment. And David Suzuki gets the first question and he's like, why is um, acts of God considered man-made climate change or something like that? Right. Like he, he would just totally uh, slant all the questions towards climate change denial or something like that. And this list of questions is so funny that um, I decided to build a show around it. And, and the interesting part is, is that I invited Jonathan onto the show. Um, I won't put the text up because I don't feel like wasting time, but I, I will read the text messages to you. I said, hi, Jonathan. It's James. D this is right after David received the questions that we'll get to in a second. We're actually going to do the Western Standard a real solid today. 
And we are going to answer every one of the questions that they've asked us. Um, so I get the email uh, and I say, and I, and I text him, I say, hey, Jonathan, it's James DeFiore from Blackballed and the Dean Blundell Network. David Wallace asked me to let you know he'd be happy to answer your questions directly tonight on the podcast. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern time. This is your invite. And he said, very politely, no, thank you. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it is a shame. And I said, okay, your email will be on it. And thank you very much for the content. And then I sent him the promo. Um, I have not heard back. Now, because we are very serious about serious journalists calling us or emailing us very serious questions, we are going to do our best to answer these questions. And so let's not waste any more time and let's get on with the questions. So question number one, David, you ready? I'm absolutely ready. What is your reaction to the fact that, to the fact, this guy's got to be like 23. The fact. What, what is your reaction to the fact that the Wenzels are suing you for defamation? Hmm. What um, is your reaction, David? This is very, hold on. Let me get my serious journalist face on. David, I'm, what is your reaction I'm to shocked. the fact? Shocked. I'm shocked. You're shocked. Yeah. Shocked. Um, now, how would you really answer that, though? What, what, what is your reaction? Because I remember, um, I'm, well, the reaction. I'm overjoyed. I, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I mean, it's um, puzzling, um, yeah. in a sense, because they know what I've got. They sat at the table. They know the communications. You, James, have seen the communications. Um, I, I'm very grateful. Yes. I really am. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Um, grateful because um, if you've watched the show uh, on Saturday, uh, we gave you the list. I won't put up their pictures, uh, but we gave you the list of the cast of characters, if you will, who would be making an appearance during the deposition of that lawsuit. And they included everyone from Alberta's current premier, Alberta's former premier, Alberta's former former justice minister. It, it just makes us tickled pink that the Wenzels would be so kind as to give us and you specifically the gift of a frivolous lawsuit so that all of their buddies can be put under oath. And this is why the Western Standard, in case anyone has not figured this out yet, decided to email David these questions. He de they decided to email these questions so that they could do a solid for their buddies in Alberta. That is beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is no journalistic um, uh, curiosity here. You know, the questions are loaded. and But we feel here at the Dean Blondell Network and specifically here on Blackballed that we owe it to the serious journalists at the Western Standard to make sure that we answer these questions as best we can. So that's what we are going to do. So let us move on to question number two. Question number two. How do you feel knowing that MLT Aiken's lawyer, Ariel Bretman, and Bennett Miskey said you caused Canada Land's words and, sorry, said you caused Canada Land's, quote, words and the defamatory statements to be published, broadcast, streamed, and or downloaded? David, how do you feel knowing that you caused Canada land to do things. 
First of all, yeah, I must be a horrible human being. Jesse Brown must be enraged. You I are grabbed powerful. him, forced him <laughs> to write these statements that I, against his will, forced him to to name the series Ratfucker, even though it was against the algorithms. And he must be disappointed that I was able to bulldoze him so easily. And I'm sorry, Chris, for the first part of the question. I'm not currently up on the Alberta All Star League in terms of attorneys this year. I don't keep track. No disrespect. I'm sure you're killers and um i i look forward to you uh performing miracles because you're going to need them you know it's a stacked lineup the all-star league of alberta attorneys yes but wow do they ever fucking suck at the playoffs as soon as it's playoff time they just <laughs> fall apart well you know they kind of own the 80s you gotta give them the 80s well that's because of cocaine clearly and mullets Hell um sure. listen uh, uh we're going to be joking around this whole podcast because it's just too funny. Um, however, um, Jesse Brown did call you emaciated. So it is really weird that you would be strong enough to force him to broadcast that. I don't even understand the question. Let's, you know, sorry, that's the wrong one. Um, because it sounds like it was written by a two-year-old with a, with a crayon. Well, it's extremely hard to decipher the um, um, statement. It's, it's, it's not a question. It, there's statements and, and um, uh, presumptions about my feelings and emotions. Perhaps they should go into psychology. They might be more qualified. Yeah, perhaps. Um, they'd be doing a lot of self-analyzation, I believe. But, you know, it, it does, you know, they, they said that you caused Candleland to, to broadcast. So they're, they're not only sort of like making it seem like you uh, put the screws to Jesse Brown and forced him to do something. They're also sort of questioning Jesse Brown's ability to report um, independently. And Jesse Brown prides himself for the deep dive, um, you know, and I don't think he has any problems reporting independently. I mean, uh, he does quite a good job on his own. I don't need to push Jesse. He's a very big boy. Yes. And, and he does it all on his own. There was no, uh, the, these stories were completely unknown before. Um, exactly. Nobody, nobody knew you'd been reporting on it since what, April, May. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, they all flew under the radar for some reason. And he, but he did a great job. job. Let's give him that. He did you know what? I, 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 here, like I'll give him a little plug. Watch how little it is. And uh, this is his series. Okay. Um, okay, now that's bad. <laughs> oh, James, but I did it's also... A good, it's a good series. It. It's called... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a good series. It's called Ratfucker. I've already busted his balls for um, not once basically saying that we did stuff. First, that's what... There you go. There it you it go. was a very good series. I'm not it trying was. to take anything away from him except the originality of the content. Okay. What were you... <laughs> What were you saying, David? You guys got to come together. That sounds hot. Um, there you go. But I also just sent you another picture, James, and um, I think it's time that, because uh, I overlooked the very uh, obvious name who was well aware of what I was in Alberta for in the fall of 2019 when we met and had lunch and he gifted me a little something. I sent you that picture in the direct messages. How could I have forgotten? In, in, in Twitter? Yes, I just oh, said you yeah, yeah. How could I have forgotten? Yes, I know. And this like, is for you, Western Substandard and Mr. Filler Brush. Oh, uh, hold on one second. I, I got to, I got to, here, uh, talk to the audience for a second while I snag this because um, I have to do a couple of uh, tweaks. I, I, you know, for some reason, this is really interesting, actually, um, or at least to me it is. It, it, uh, my restream doesn't like medium JPEGs. Isn't that weird? 
Like it just, I, if someone sends me a medium JPEG, I won't be able to load it into my into my assets. And I just gave you a little glimpse, as Ryan Lindley would say, of how the sausage is made here at the Dean Blondell Network. However, I am going to show why it is very important that the Western standards under the Western Standard understands that David is not just a subject that they can just push around on behalf of their all-star attorneys in Alberta. David's been there since the beginning as you can see from this picture of him holding the Lebrano's um, book with none other than Ezra Levant. Everybody, Ezra Levant. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, by the way, you look like you're like eight in that picture. Like, how long ago was this picture taken? Uh, just a couple of years ago. I got a one-size-fits-all body. It's uh, convenient to change it up every now and again. Yeah. Yeah, you look like that guy that you don't want dating your daughter in high school, you know? Probably a correct decision. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay, let's get back to the, to the searing and serious journalistic integrity of the yes. Western Standard, who totally sent these questions because they were trying to be serious journalists. Let's go to question, Absolutely. question four. No, question three. What do you think about the Wenzels saying they have suffered ridicule, hatred, and contempt because of this story. What do you say to that, David? You break it, you bought it. That's right. Um, the ridicule, what was, let me get it right, because I don't want to misquote the words of this journalist. Um, what do you think about the Wenzel saying they have suffered ridicule, hatred, and contempt? Now, if I may, I would say... Um, all kidding aside, for this brief moment, because the rest of it is going to be shits and giggles, I guarantee it. Um, but what I would say is that they brought it upon themselves. They broke it. They bought it. Suffered ridicule? I mean, you're probably going to suffer ridicule if you attempt to pay a political fixer to oust an elected official and it goes south. Most of the ridicule that you're going to face, hopefully, is from yourself when you look in the mirror at night and try to figure out how you became so vacant and stupid as to do something like that. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I, the, um, the wherewithal, that's not a strong enough word, the audacity of these people to try to pretend after the evidence in the Klondike papers clearly shows and demonstrates that they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly where their money was going. Yeah, damn right. And why the money was going there. And they're not really fooling anybody. And it's and it's and it makes me wonder two things. One, did they know that it was in the Klondike papers when they sued? If they didn't, um, do they know now? <laughs> well, they have to. I told them when they were sitting at the table I was taping them. I didn't hide it. I tell them I always tape, always. You know why? For situations like this. It's okay for them to call me a con man or a super criminal. No, listen, you know what? I've faced ridicule. I've faced pain. And when I countersue, you're going to pay for it financially. That's how it works. But in terms of me, I believe my own personal opinion, you're, you're, you're facing ridicule. My personal opinion, I got no respect for you. You're trash with cash. That's what I think you are. But again, that's a personal opinion. You want yeah. to litigate that too? Go for it. As long as you put the word allegedly in front, like I'll give you an example. Allegedly, the Wenzels are com 
complete pieces of shits. But that's just allegedly. I don't know if they're shits. I, I don't know if they're pieces of shits. I couldn't care less. Is that how you said pieces of shit? I didn't like them as soon as I sat down. Is it pieces of shits or pieces of shit? Because I know when you say more than one attorney general, it's attorneys general. So if someone could could clear that up for me, that would I would really appreciate that. Um, before we go on, I just want to let everyone know that da, 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 David has a GoFundMe page that I would just like to put in the comments here because I yeah, think... I think you should probably fill it up with these lawyers against me. They just told me I've got uh, Dewey Cheatham and Howe from uh, Alberta that they're all set and their lawyer, Willie B. Cheatham, is going to sue me. So, yeah. Um, um, Daddy Warbucks is suing me, and I'm sorry I looked at my pockets. I don't have it. I mean, if need be, I'll crawl up on the court steps and I'll defend myself because these bastards are guilty. I, I also want to say um, that I, I, I just put the GoFundMe page in, in the comments. If you guys understand, and most of my viewers, I think, do, and most of the viewers that watch the Dean Blundell show over the past six months do as well, the Klondike papers were real, unlike... Um, contrary to what Justin Ling said, it's not a big book of conspiracy theories. Um, it is the, it, it, listen, nobody has ever had to deal all these all-star attorneys and these impeccable political fucktards in, in Alberta um, have never had to deal with somebody who worked in the shadows for decades deciding to shine to shine sunlight on the things that he did and who he did them for um david wallace is a glitch in the matrix and all of these scandals that are coming out the nenshi scandal the doug ford thing with the russian money all of these stories that have been vetted by reporters more seasoned than me um reporters from the cbc global ctv um canada land wherever are uh, have determined that these stories are true so if you enjoy watching um politicians have to um face the music for all of these crazy scandals um try to understand that david wallace is is no longer making any money um and it, if it wasn't for him these stories wouldn't be out so that's why i posted the gofundme there and so you know i think um unlike you know i've seen gofundmes for things like just for ridiculous things. People put GoFundMe's now in their Twitter profile for literally nothing. They'll, 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 it's always below their pronouns. No offense to pronoun listers, but I'm just saying. Um, and it's like, if you want to support me, and but but they have nothing to support. David Wallace is bringing us scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal, and they're true. So <clears throat> and he's done it at the at great expense um, when it comes to his personal life, when it comes to his mental health, and when it comes to his bank account. So I, I think it is worth posting, worth clicking, worth giving a couple bucks. So it would be nice if, if, if anyone out there could contribute a few bucks to, to David right now. Okay, let's get on with uh, the serious journalistic questions from the Western Standard. And let's see. We are on question four. David, what is your opinion on them seeking $1 million in damage? What is your opinion on the $1 million in damage they're seeking? I think they're greedy bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're also pretty loaded, right? Like they're, they're well-to-do, are they not? They're, they're developers, right? 
Well, yeah, they've been stealing from the community, in my opinion, or allegedly, whichever way you like to, to say it, probably for decades. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how they came across their money. Maybe they found it under a pillow. Um, maybe they won the lottery. I have no idea. I don't really have an opinion. I don't care. The funny thing is, is that if you, if you, if they were really serious about suing the people responsible for the Nenshi story breaking, they'd be suing themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just to refresh, just to refresh, can you tell us um, uh, the uh, the first time that the Wenzels paid your uh, half your fee? Right, you're not sure if it's between twenty one and twenty five k, but it's over twenty k. What did they think that they were buying at the time? And what did they say that they were buying in retrospect? Well, I know exactly what they were buying. I was uh, brought out after preliminary conversations with Edith and Shane Wenzel and Prem Singh on the phone. I was brought out uh, um, later that month. Uh, No, excuse me. It was the next month. It was late May when we spoke. And then June, late June, when I came out just towards the end. Um, I sat down. I was led to believe it was contingent upon me selling my plan to Edith that I would be hired. Um, so with Prem Singh and uh, Edith Wenzel, we met up at a Starbucks and I laid out my scenario. Edith uh, gave it a thumbs up if I thought it would work. Um, and uh, then she left. That was it. I guess she authorized the release of the money. So I got paid after doing my prep work. I went home and I commenced putting the plan together by contacting Russian officials and Russian businessmen. Now, the Prem Singh's role, um, she she owns, uh, or sorry, she operates, I guess you would say, and runs political nonprofit organizations. Is that the idea? I believe she did. I don't think she does anymore. Okay. But was the idea at the time to put it through the uh, political advocacy group or whatever it is that she managed um in order to wash it at the time i didn't know the mechanism at the time and and quite honestly i didn't care as long as you know the mechanism now are you still unclear i do know the mechanism now it was put through one of her organizations and then given to me okay and and that is a way that uh, people like the wenzels allegedly would distance themselves from where the money would end up going right yes that's where i paid my taxes on anyway so yeah. Did you, did you pay your taxes on the oh, absolutely. Dirty trick I, always, I always do this for this type of money. As long as you pay your taxes, you don't have a problem. Really? Absolutely. That reminds me of that guy in like year 2003 or something who um, he, he was such a marijuana advocate that he would um, send a check <laughs> to the federal government every single year after uh, uh, like in the spring when he was done selling the harvest from the previous September and he would just go and pay his taxes. Um, and and just and 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 tell the government what it was for. This is for my marijuana operation. He would pay like his thirty grand in taxes. Yeah, I mean, like that's you know that's um, integrity right there. Okay, let's get back to the serious journalistic questions from <clears throat> Jonathan Bradley at the Western Standard. How do you intend to respond to this lawsuit, David? Vigorously. Are you going to countersue? Oh, absolutely. And that would be um, that list of uh, people that we had on Saturday that you were going to depose. What? Uh, let's tease a little bit um, because we don't want to. We don't want to say exactly what happened, but no, no. But um, an email was received today, which um, 
gave you some sort of comfort in the long-term strategy that you may have for this entire situation, correct? Absolutely. Um, we received an email. Um, it'll be very public. I don't know. I mean, depending on how quickly it can be broken um, when the lawsuit is filed. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the individuals involved in this entire mess who I have uh, wanted to get um, into the box, so to speak, that individual was um, either drunk or perhaps high or perhaps just using bad judgment, sent an email to another individual who then forwarded it to me um, inadvertently. However, we now have definitive proof of a criminal conspiracy and um, the grounds to um, sue that person. You see, the wonderful part of this is the Wenzels walked onto one side. It's what's known as a fly trap. They walked onto one side, which is bad, but if nothing is there to propel it upwards, but then one of the other dum-dums quite by themselves decided to walk on the other end and now yeah. the circle is closed. So we now have grounds to launch a lawsuit and bring in a whole other uh, part of the, what I would call the syndicate in Alberta. This time we get them all in the box. Let, let, I, I'm going to tease a little bit more. I'm not going to say what happened today, but um, I just want to refresh the minds of our viewers. Yes, please do. On, on something that was, I believe that you said it on one of the Dean Blundell show podcasts that we were on. And you were actually really distraught about this um, because someone had posted pictures of your kids' toys and your furniture. Antique wing chairs that were gifts from my Well, more importantly, your kids' toys. And, my kids and then toys. claimed that they had pissed on your children's toys. Yes, they did. Um, let's just uh, say that that is connected to the uh, information that we received today. Yes. And it looks like we might... Well, we certainly seem to have um, the identity of the person who did that. And wow. <laughs> Can you say you've just lost everything oh and God. it's richly deserved? Can I just like, I don't know how to, it's like Peter Griffith and Homer Simpson are running things in the political underworld in Alberta. They are so stupid. They are so, they're such bumbling idiots. And as funny as it is, because it's it's really funny, it's also really disgusting and also really confusing because a lot of people are afraid of these people and for good reason. You know, um, you you know who I'm talk, speaking with right now. I, I can't even hint at who I'm speaking right now, but I'm speaking with an individual right now that is um, making has been making news for quite a while Um and it has a lot to do with the stuff that's going on within Alberta, and that's as much hint as I can give you. But the crossover um, with the cast of characters that are harassing that individual and the people that are harassing you, it's the same people. Um, and they just don't stop. They, they double down on doubling down, as someone from Alberta told me today, that's because right, they never get caught. dogs do. They well, run they it never back, get... and that's where they get their bravery. But alone, they're just stray little puppies with no balls. They never get caught. 
Right? And, like, and, and that is the thing. And not only do they never get caught, I think it's worth mentioning, and I'm going to speak in, in, in the abstract a little bit here because um, it, I think it's important just for me to realize that as funny as all this seems, I, I should probably like start, I, I should probably just protect myself as much as I can. But if you are a person in Alberta, let's just say hypothetically that you're in Alberta and you find yourself in the midst of something that is a little bit uh, either shady or that you've been a victim of something from the police, from the Calgary police to the RCMP to judges, to prosecutors, to justice ministers, to um, the right hand men and women of premiers to premiers. You are surrounded by an ecosystem that protects itself. And I have heard from uh, uh, individuals and individual in the last few days about um, his own attorneys double crossing him in order to, to get a ruling from a judge that would seem to be in that person's favor, but in the long run turns out to be completely detrimental to that person. And those lawyers are well-known in this ecosystem. Um, sometimes you'll see things like a judge. And if you look at that judge's history, that judge used to be like, um, uh, you know, a, a lawyer as well. And when you look at the cases that that lawyer was involved with and then the rulings that that judge makes, it, it is clear. Listen. I, I, I've been I've been sort of careful over the last little while to, to to say something this definitive, and I'll still kind of be careful. But Alberta is fucked. <laughs> it's just, it, it the entire system, the legal system, the justice system, the police authorities, the police union—they know each other and they help each other to the detriment of justice itself. I cannot Absolutely. express that enough. And there is smoking gun after smoking gun, and and it's crazy. Um, but uh, my my rant and soapbox uh, is over because we need to get back to the serious journalistic questions as provided by the Western Standard here today. Yes. Um, how do you, David? Oh, did I already ask how you intended to respond to the lawsuit? I did, right? Yes, I believe. Yeah. What? Sorry, it was such a serious question that I needed to ask it again. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Why did you call the Western Standard criminals 
and pedo supporters. Now, before you answer, I think this is important. This is uh, an, an email, uh, a letter that David got from the um, all-star uh, roster of attorneys at the Western Standard. And it says, I am writing on behalf of the Western Standard New Media Corp. Western Standard. And its publisher, Derek Fildebrandt, regarding a recent publication under the name Open Source Media on the Twitter account at Pick61989. Is that a gambling handle? Like, what, what? Can you tell me the story behind that handle just for a second? I can tell you one day, but not right now. That might get me in a little trouble. Okay. okay. You are, of course, publicly known to control and publish on this account. At 10... Eight, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I'll, I'll try to do my serious voice. At 10.18 a.m. on November 8th, 2022, the following tweet published by an individual identifying herself as a sexual assault victim of the city of Calgary councillor Sean Chu and the victim of an ongoing campaign of criminal harassment. And this person wrote, um, Rebecca Schultz knows exactly what is happening to me. We have spoken. She chose to pose with Sean Chu's literal apologist, Dustin Franks, Brett Pierce, who openly and public harasses me and Derek Fildebrand, who runs supportive articles for Chu and Dennis. And there is a picture. And then in response to this tweet, you, David, published the following. Of course they do. Didn't Dennis sit in on the uh, sit on, on their board? Isn't Wenzel a contributor for articles? It's a PR site for them, a bunch of criminals and pedo supporters. Now, they think that, oh, in the lawsuit, the, the greatest thing about the lawsuit is that, where is it? Within 15 days of acceptance of this offer, make a payment of $4,000 <laughs> to Western Standard New Media Corp to assist the payment of legal fees and other costs incurred in respect of this frivolous, ridiculous matter. Poor Grant. I don't know where to begin. Go back to school and learn to read. Yeah, where where do we begin with that one? Well, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I don't see uh, where there's any grounds for libel there. In fact, there isn't. I know the law very well. Um, I never mentioned the Western substandard at all in that tweet. Um, I put question marks there. What's known as rhetorical questions. However, if we were to uh, perhaps subpoena and see who has donated to the Western Standard. Perhaps yeah. we might find their names on that said list. I certainly intend to look. However, um, the phrasing and the structure of that tweet is in no way um, deflammatory and does not meet the threshold. Perhaps you uh, uh, would like to stop wasting the court's time because it's frivolous and it's completely unjustified, Mr. Fullerbrush. I think it's important that we reiterate um, preferably through the gag ball worn by one Brian Lilly, that this list of questions and this lawsuit from the Western Standard isn't because the Western Standard have clutched their pearls at a tweet from David Wallace. You're clutching something. They are clutching something. But what they are really doing is, in my opinion, allegedly acting at the behest of the people who were named in the Ratfucker series um where jesse brown did all that completely original reporting for the first time ever and i think that it's important that um that we at least recognize that um the western standard is is just 
um, a, a rag that uh, publishes pro-conservative viewpoints often being fed stories from conservatives who need the good press, but no one fucking reads it, right? It's really just an echo chamber. It only really goes to people who are part of that milieu that, that uh, you know, don't seem to care about any of the uh, unfair practices of the crooked political culture inside Alberta. They, they just, it, it, it's just looking in a mirror. The Western standard is just a mirror for allegedly corrupt politicians. I'd never read it before. I took a look at the article and quite honestly, I've seen better journalism scratched on the walls of urinals when I go to take a squirt and a rest stop. Yes. Yeah. That's where, I, where do you think they recruit? Touché. <laughs> That's how they do it. Okay, let's get back to the serious journalistic questions from the Western Standard. Why is it important that people are free to speak their minds on controversy? This sounds like a fucking... Free where? At the Western Standard? Or does it cost four grand every time you want to speak your mind? It just... It's like, what intern did you get to put on this assignment? And and you know what's hilarious about this, um, other than all of it, is that the um, this Bradley? What the fuck is his name? I'm oh, sorry, Jonathan. I think that's the other guy. Derek. Fuck is his name again? Not this guy. No, so but John, Bradley, first, first of all, and and I'm sure there's a few good people that have two first names as a first and last name. But in my experience. You don't fucking trust people with two first names. So listen, Jonathan Bradley, you fucking illiterate intern. Um, Oh, sorry. Let's get back to the question. Why is it important that people are free to speak their minds on controversial topics? Can you answer that question? Because that sounds like an essay question for a grade eight student. So why is it important that people are free to speak their minds on controversial topics? I don't know. Well, geez, I don't know. Something called um, democracy. Yeah, free speech. Free speech. Like, um, we're talking. We're we're talking about a controversial topic right now. We're talking about the um, rancid cesspool known as Alberta politics. These are serious topics. We're talking right now about the intermingling and incestuous relationship between the Western Standard and a lot of these fucking political conservative bagmen they have in Alberta. That's a serious controversial topic. In fact, Western Standard, you are known to be a bastion of free speech since the plucky rodeo clown days of Ezra Levant. So let me just tell you, I think it's really important to speak on controversial topics. It's controversial to me that a publication who mimics this man, Gagball Lily, this publication here, and is completely in the tank for a certain party and a certain type of politician barely tries to hide it and then pretends that they are serious about, quote, speaking your mind on controversial topics. There's a, <laughs> and, and wait, hold on. Dave. Just just I don't want to belabor the point of the sophistication of one Jonathan Bradley, but it's a two part question. OK, so hold on. Hold your horses, everybody. We have this is a two parter. The first part, once again, why is it important that people are free to speak their minds on controversial topics? Can I just say, I'm not even high right now, but I am so excited tonight to bring this serious journalism to, to you that I can't, I can't stop being silly and giddy. I apologize if it's my ridiculous. viewers aren't used to this. Second part of that question, 
If you can please have your oh, this is this, I didn't even realize this is if you can please have your answers to me by tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. David, don't look now. We are eleven hours and fifteen minutes I don't think ahead of the clock from when this deadline was supposed to be. Like actually, no. What does MST mean? Mountain standard time? What is that? Two hours or one hour? Can someone in the chat tell me if if East what 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 and what time is it in the MST time zone right now? Anyways, we are approximately eleven hours um, uh, ahead of our deadline. Okay, because we're answering all these questions right now. In fact, Jonathan Bradley, you two first named fuck. If you're listening, you can get all of your answers from this podcast. You can do this right now. It's seven forty six right now, and in. Uh, in uh, the Mount, the MST time. What the fuck is MST? I thought they were like central. Isn't it central time zone? Mountain standard. Can someone, can someone give me an education on time zones? Because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. Mountain okay. Standard. standard. There you go. Um, so if you can get your answer to me by tomorrow at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, that would be great. If you would prefer to answer my questions over the phone, please call me at, and I crossed the number out, because... I'm a serious journalist. <laughs> I don't want to dox anybody. No, they're good enough at doxing people. I'll dox the area code. It's a Toronto fucking number. Even though the email clearly states, my name is Jonathan Bradley and I am an Alberta reporter at the Western Standard. I don't know if that's true. Um, it, it might be. You know, this is, I got to say though, it just leads right into the fact these uh, bastions of free speech, these individuals who claim that, uh, uh, the liberal government or the NDP have media wired. Why is it that it's only these publications that seem to have a political voice? Why is it that it's these publications are supported by interests such as big oil, okay? And, and, and by technologies that are directly impacting our environment. Why is it? Is there some sort of pattern that I'm seeing here? I mean, well, it's, it's, if you're looking for truth, you're not going to find it in Alberta, neither in its courts, its judiciary, its policing, or its politicians. And that's demonstrably clear from scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal. It is a cesspool, and there needs to be an enema. And if it was up to me, I'd stick the hose in in Alberta, and that's where we begin sucking. <laughs> It's maddening when you see victims. You see sexual assault victims who are victimized okay. by, by the very people who walk our streets, who swear allegiance to protect. It's 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 demonstrably evil to me that judges and lawyers work against their clients all for political backroom favors. It's abhorrent for me that an unelected premier can unilaterally cut health care and education and, and, and move forward with a suicidal strategy that is putting millions of children's lives at risk through the the rejection of science and 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 my and horse pharmaceuticals. I mean, talking about the World Economic Forum like Klaus Schwab is putting fucking computer chips in your brain. What are we gonna our lizard overlords visiting us soon? This is nuts. This is the talk of, of, of people who are unbalanced. It's insane. And I'm the problem? My God, how many people need to die in that province so that the goddamn money machine will keep kicking cash into their pockets? I'm sick of it. And so should Canada be. I agree. Um, 
I would have strongly preferred you didn't mention sexual assault victims while I was still laughing hysterically at the comment you said before, but we'll deal with that. Sure. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's grace. And I know it's, there's good people in Alberta. In fact, the majority of the people in Alberta are good people. They're strong people. They're great people. And, and I enjoyed their company. It's a sad thing that a very small cabal of bad apples are spoiling the whole bunch. And it's time to turn these people out on their ass. Every last one of them. Yeah. I mean, I am, uh, first of all, the, 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 like sideshow Bob stepping on the proverbial pile of rakes. I am, I am a little bit shocked that, um, a, that the Wenzels <laughs> launched the lawsuit to begin with. I, I'm completely, like, I don't even know what to say about that. Um, oh, yeah, I do. I've been saying it for the last three days. But And then the Western Standard, thinking that they can just, you know, pass themselves off as serious journalists, asking questions that are all, that all and all of these questions are designed to do one of two things to for you to incriminate yourself at the benefit of the Wenzels who are suing. Right. And the other thing is to kind of, I guess, incriminate yourself at the, um, uh, the, the massive gargantuan $4,000 lawsuit <laughs> launched by the Western standard, which by the way, I guess this guy didn't get enough money out of his Airbnb, huh? For his government. Well, well, four grand would probably match their yearly subscription inflows. So, I mean, maybe you'd be doubling their subscription inflows, I think, Um, because there's only fourth. I mean, I don't know. Fuck. Uh, Four grand. I, I, I stumble over my own words when, when I talk about the four grand thing, because does that even cover the paperwork that it would need to even launch the lawsuit to begin with? Like, you know, but I guess when you have the all-star attorneys that are your buddies, they probably work pro bono for the conservative cause. Um, of course. But this is all part of the mechanism. I mean, post media is is guilty to uh, to a certain degree as well. Um, I, I wouldn't put a blanket over the entire post media organization because there are good reporters at the um, like the Ottawa Citizen and the Calgary Herald. Um, there are good reporters everywhere. They're just yeah. their voices are being strangled by by oligarchs. That's the problem. Yeah, and by the way, um, it should be noted that the Wenzels uh, did file in superior in, in in sorry in in a Calgary courtroom today. Um, the actual paperwork. Uh, uh, sorry, not today. Like uh, they did it on. I have it in front of me here. November tenth is when they actually launched the lawsuit. Um. Which actually is a surprise now they think because that was eleven days ago, and we found out about it what four days ago. So it took a week before they um, leaked it, I guess, to post media. And then when they did, you have still haven't been served yet. No, none of the individuals named in this suit, to the best of my knowledge, have been served. I'm I'm absolutely sure of at least one of them. Uh, when I spoke with Jesse yesterday, he had not been he had not been served. Well, I, I, and then today I served you in a sense because I yeah. got the court documents before you did. <laughs> and then I sent them to you. Um, but the court documents are, are interesting because um, they go. Still don't count. They have to send them because I can't be sure of their authenticity. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of their authenticity. Um, and still, they got to work for it. 
it's stamped by um by the judicial center of calgary the clerk of the court um if you guys uh that are listening or in the chat the the case number is 2201-13133 and it was filed november 10th and the um the lawyers involved are the uh, mlt akins llp um that would be and and uh ariel brightman and bennett miskey are the uh i guess the the lawyers that are involved in the case and then it, it goes through um the the ridiculous charges most of the stuff is directed towards you and jesse brown this is the part of the um the this is the defamatory statement that they say canada land made i'm just going to read it uh, i don't have the graphic so this is i guess what was uh part of the transcript of of Ratfucker. Several Calgary conservative players contributed to a failed plan to entrap Nahid Nenshi, then the mayor of Calgary, into accepting illegal Russian money. Sources involved in the plan and leaked emails revealed that, quote, Operation Peacock, end quote, was a, an attempt by a political fixer backed by, a local biz, backed by local business interests and arranged by political strategists, which was intended to create a scandal that would leak to the removal of the mayor. The plan collapsed when Nenshi failed to take the bait. It was to set up a scenario in which these supposedly corrupt politicians were put in compromising positions on tape where they were accepting favors in exchange for acting as cover to wash these funds. David Wallace, the aforementioned fixer, tells Canada Land in the new investigative series Ratfucker. Holman denied to Canada Land that he actually played a part in raising the money for the resulting job. Holman said he facilitated a connection between Wallace and Prem Singh, a conservative fundraiser and campaigner. Holman technically, wouldn't that be helping? Wouldn't that be helping technically? Facilitating helping. I know you well, well, here, this, well, this is all part of the Ratfucker thing that you um, may not remember was in it. But Holman told Canada Land that Singh approached the Wenzels, a prominent family in the Calgary real estate development business and well-known adversaries of Nahi Nenshi for a contribution to the plan. I know I knew that the Wenzels were part of Prem's fundraising network, Holman says. He speculates that Singh likely convinced the Wenzels that funds were needed to hire a fixer to attempt to collect evidence on Nenshi. An email in Wallace's leaked communications, known as the Klondike Papers, shows that Edith Wenzel, co-owner of real estate development firm Shane Holmes, and her son Shane um, communicated with Singh about the plot. Edith Wenzel wrote to Singh and said she met with Singh and her unsavory, quote, friend three times, who she also referred to as Singh's dark acquaintance. I don't know, you look pretty white to me. She wrote that although she found the scheme suspicious, she still contributed more money to the effort, as did her son, Shane, in an amount he couldn't afford. Apparently, he's not a rich developer. He's a struggling developer. <clears throat> like a starving artist, I guess. The price for the job, Wenzel was told, had now grown to 50 grand. Wenzel wrote that she was unaware of the details of what the scheme involved and should not be considered a partner to the plot. Prem Singh confirms that she did take money for Operation Peacock from the Wenzels and gave it to David Wallace. But she says it was entirely Wallace's plan and that she was not informed about what was really going on, only acting to connect the two parties. That is the basis of their entire case. And let me say why it's flawed right off. I mean, you can see this. I'll send it to you, actually. This is very clear um, where the fundraising was coming from. Um, 
I can read you quote for quote because all these screenshots have been saved. Chad Holman, uh, let me see this, January 3rd, 2019 at 1.52 a.m. I'll have some progress by the weekend on the fundraising. Um, These are all a matter of public record. They're in the Klondike papers. You can check for yourself. Also, um, let me see here. On January 4th, 2019 at 11.11 p.m., working around a couple of people's schedules as I need to get a few specific people together. Uh, Chad Holman was the one who did the fundraising. Prem Singh was their step and fetch it girl. They used her to get the invites to the mayor's breakfast, things of that nature. Um, But Prem Singh was not the original financer uh, or fundraiser. That started with Chad Holman, who put him together, I believe, with the Wenzels. That's my understanding of the mechanism. I could be wrong. Um, But Chad Holman explicitly stated to me in those messages that he was speaking to people about fundraising. Now, whether he raised it or not, I don't know. But his assertion that he had nothing to do with it is a bold-faced and demonstrable lie. Chad Holman or Alan Holman? Chad Holman, the son. I I met Alan through uh, his kid there, Chad. Okay, but Alan Holman is the one that has also has his fingerprints on this, correct? Alan Holman acted or offered to act as a go-between between between me and the Nenshi, or not the Nenshi's, the Wenzels, to uh, retrieve the rest of the money they never paid me. Because like most uh, people of their uh, wealth, uh, well, they stiff people. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, The hubris is amazing. You know, um, the entitlement to it's there it, it's like they operate they're entitled to their own corruption exactly. and they almost seem offended they're gangsters that's all they are and to call me a dark okay that's fine but i can guarantee you um ma'am i am so much above you even though i may be nothing maybe i might be looked down upon by people and they might be right to be but compared to you lady i'm a saint who are you speaking to? It's um, the, the what lady you speaking to? Henry, and she willingly, her own friend, who I didn't know any better than her. I mean, Prem Singh, I met and spoke to, um, and then directly met Edith Winsel. I didn't know any of these people from Adam. Um, Prem Singh conducted herself uh, um, with some integrity during this. Did she do a few things wrong along the way, like me? Probably. But um, she also is the one who's paid a tremendous price because of this. They left her holding the bag. Now, I didn't know Prem Singh, and they threw her to me like they would throw somebody to the wolves and said, well, she owes you the money, not us. That's not what I was told. I sat at the table with Edith Wenzel. She had to approve this job. And saying that I came up with the scheme, well, that's what you hired me for. I had to tell you what I was going to do. It's, was that your Macaulay Culkin? Uh, it's it's just it it hurts my it actually hurts my head to try to think of the mental gymnastics that this individual is is going through. Um, your guilt is demonstrable, and I will defend my position vigorously. And your own words and will be your undoing. Who's, who are you talking about specifically right now? I'm talking about Edith Wenzel. Okay, because I I haven't. I, if I may, just speak directly. Um, to Prem Singh for a second, because this is—I I know that we might actually even disagree on this, David. But this is this would be this would be my advice to Prem Singh. Prem, if you're watching, I think you need to go to the media immediately and tell them what your role was in this, because they are going to keep feeding you to the wolves if you don't. 
they are going to destroy you. Right now, they're probably telling you to just hold tight. You know, this will blow over, yada, yada. It's not going to blow over. And because you were the person who sort of was the straw that stirred the drink, I actually think, David, um, sort Prem, this continues the advice, at least on my end. I actually think that, like, she's one of those people that um, that uh, Bagman referred to as a useful idiot. And I'm not calling her an idiot, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, they needed a body between the Wenzels and you to take the shrapnel. That's exactly what they put her in that place. The exact place is the same way Hallman was inserted between me and the Plymouth Brethren Church. Um, Hallman did it willingly for money and Prem did it for a cause. That's my belief. Once she saw that the cause was lost, that Nancy was not going to be uh, tricked into anything, um, she was basically being punished for it by the people who wanted them to hire me. She came to them with a solution that they asked for. And when the solution wasn't to their liking, they threw her to me and said, she owes you the rest of the money. You know, what's interesting about that is that th there seems to be a hierarchy at work. Um, Gerald Shapur, for example, when it came to the Richard Marsh thing and the fees that you were receiving, yes. in that situation, Alan Hallman played the role of Prem Singh. He sure did. So the hierarchy would be that, like, like Gerald Shapur and Alan Hallman are not equals. No. No, they're not. Alan Hallman has made himself a very rich man recently through raping the province of Alberta through dirty deals, backdoor, after-dark deals, by putting his son in government, by having his son work with the health minister. The level of criminality that this man has gotten away with for decades is stunning. The fact that he attempted to set up an RCMP officer and entrap him to then give to a detective in the Calgary Police Service on the pretense of trying to remove the RCMP and quash the UCP identity theft investigation is stunning and abhorrent and his biggest mistake because the RCMP are no fools. And to think that they weren't aware of every step that you were taking, well, you certainly stepped in it, Mr. Hallman. Yes, um... Do you happen to know the person that uh, informed uh, the RCMP of this uh, this wrongdoing? Oh, I, I, I might know him, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no getting out of it, Alan. The, the hotel where the recording was made, well, my room there was paid for by you. How'd you know I was going to be there? Um, the... I, I just want to circle back uh, a little bit because the... Uh, I think... Uh, Viewers might not remember, uh, listeners might not remember. Chad Holman was working for uh, the, uh, the name of the health minister. Shandro, I believe his name was. That minister decided to give the contract the, the the hefty ppe contract to what was the name of the company again uh, equity health services i believe yeah um which is just a coincidence guys everything's a coincidence <laughs> yeah there's no conspiracy well actually there is and what a conspiracy is you see this isn't alex jones sitting here denying that children were murdered and victimizing parents again and again selling you lunacy and crazy 
hurtful, damaging, and stories that kill people, quite frankly. The man's a, a, a criminal, and he belongs in prison. This is a conspiracy in the old-fashioned sense. It is a group of very powerful individuals who have conspired together to commit crimes, and it's demonstrably clear and provable. That's a conspiracy, and if you want to call this a conspiracy theory, well, there's no theory to it. It is now fact, and it's been proven in print over and over. Do you, if if you if anyone in Ontario remembers who Sandro Lisi is, um, which was the guy who would help Rob Ford get crack, remember that guy? Um, this province of Alberta has like twenty five Sandro Lisis <laughs> running around, um, doing the dirty work of people. And, and this is the first time I've even thought of it in a hierarchical kind of sense. But when you mentioned, and when we just talked about Prem Singh's role and how she basically is a body to block the shrapnel so that the Wenzels don't get hit and so that Hallman doesn't get hit, um, I immediately just thought of uh, the way that Gerald Shapur didn't want to be seen paying you directly. But then Alan Hallman sends you screenshots of Gerald Shapur sending money to him so that you or, or to that company um, so that you would know that the money is coming down the pipe. He's like, fucking moron. He's probably drunk. I mean, does Gerald Shapur, like, does he do what Tony Soprano does and, and, and smack around his, uh, his soldiers when they get out of line? Like, you know, you you've been in this, in this soup, in this, like, ecosystem of dark corruption in Alberta is there any sort of like does the hierarchy exist in a way where like Gerald Shapur would be like you put a fucking shirt in this out like like give me an idea of what that might look like if you even know uh well this didn't used to happen before we were growing ups in charge and um now we don't the bag men have certainly fallen down several degrees and I believe that Alan's alcoholism has probably caused him to slip quite a bit um, alleged alcoholism, although I never saw him sober. Um, someone told me yesterday, he, someone someone that uh, knows Alan Holman told me yesterday um, that he smells like a case of beer with broken bottles in it that's been left in a trunk for a weekend. <laughs> wow, that's... Uh, that's what he smells, smells like. Smells like Jonathan Dennis's cologne, too. Yeah, he smells like... Um, Maple Leaf Gardens, the old bathrooms in Maple Leaf Gardens. Remember the trough that was oh, just God. angled just like this? And if you were unlucky to be the guy at the slanted end of the trough, you just got all of this like magical aroma of like 30 oh. old men's urine. That's was, what uh, Alan Hallman smells like. <laughs> I think they've gotten away with it for so long and they've been able to um, silence uh, dissent through their their connections. I mean, when you've got people inside law enforcement, inside the judiciary, when you have them in the positions of power, um, when you have uh, alleged mafia figures and street gangs to keep people in order, people are people are scared. They don't come forward. And with that type of 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 bullying, because that's what it is. Let's face it. They may be wolves, but separately, a wolf can be killed. I mean, you have an axe, you chop it off, it's dead. But together, they're dangerous. But these are cowardly dogs. And people now, I think, are seeing that if they stand up, they can throw these scumbags out of their cities. They can throw them out of office. 
we do need to stand up. We need to get rid of these people because this, this is a microcosm of what is going on worldwide right now. These are the people who are costing our, our loved ones to die through lack of belief in the medical science. These are the people who are twiddling their thumbs and standing by while we, we, we suck every last drop of oil out of the ground and kill our trees and make our air so bloody polluted we can't breathe. These are the people who are propping up an old economy. These are the people who are spending us into bankruptcy and why our dollars have about two cents worth of purchasing power. It's a dying system. And until we get rid of this corruption, until we wash it clean, there's no chance we can move forward. None. Yeah, I, I think Daniel Smith, uh, the other day, um, she said that uh, we're, I think she said something like, you know, the province is being forced to ignore their number one industry uh, in favor of, I think the quote is something like, in favor of wind, solar, and other experimental technologies. <laughs> She's pushing oil and gas. She might as well be talking about opening up new buggy whip factories or maybe hat making shops. <laughs> she can make the she can make the new brethren bonnets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's twenty twenty two, and if we don't smarten up, there won't be a twenty fifty two. We're killing this planet. And what needs to stop. And the first step is to remove politicians who preach science uh, uh, as taught by, by Dr. Zeus. This is insanity. It's crazy. And it needs yeah. to stop or people will die. Yeah, the environment stuff um, is, is definitely important. Um, I'm still stuck on the we're corrupt and we don't care who knows it yeah. kind, of, kind of culture that, that is happening there. Um, I can't stress this enough. The um, the other individual um, that I've been speaking with, uh, whose whose bio and case I cannot uh, cannot mention more than the fact that this person exists, and the crossover and the uh, of of individuals that are involved in in that person's um, situation are the exact same people involved in your situation, and um, I'm I'm close I think to maybe possibly having that individual on the show. And I think that um, when it, when that happens, oh my God, <laughs> it's like, maybe I should start um, laughing less because uh, you know, the, the, the exposure of the, like the sunlight that's hitting these people. And by the way, it requires another person like yourself. Okay. I, I don't, th I, I think that, and we'll end it on this. Um, the idea that um, any of this could ever have been uncovered without a whistleblower, without a David Wallace um, shining the light on, and I'm glad you were a person that was operating in the shadows, um, getting paid for dirty tricks because you are the person that is the only credible one to shine a light on this. You can't get some like Johnny Goody two shoes to to try to like shine a light on the corruption in alberta because that guy doesn't know anything you know where the bodies are buried right you want the to swim idea, in the sewers and you want to hunt for sharks you better get yourself another shark right you're you're the uh, you're the you're the guy that like you're like that that trump um accountant weiselberger hmm. i think his name is I mean, that was the guy that Trump relied on to fix his books, to fix the, his accounting, so that the inflated 
um, value of his real estate holdings could result in higher bank loans. That's why he's getting, that's why the Trump organization is being sued for a quarter billion dollars right now. But they wouldn't be able to do any of that without the guy that knew where the bodies were buried. And that is the, the accountant. You're like the accountant. You know where this shit is. And in order for the culture of, um, the culture of corrupt politi- politics to be washed away or cleansed or repaired or chipped away at or whatever you want to call it, they need people like yourself who know where these bodies are buried, you know? And it's actually to their detriment that there is a, a hierarchical um, construct that they operate within because maybe Alan Holman one day will have to start talking. And throw the person above him under the bus. Maybe the person below Alan Holman will have to throw Alan Holman under the bus. But eventually, if you want a clean house, you need to evict. And the only way to evict is to get somebody to say, these tenants are breaking the law. You need to evict them. Absolutely. David Wallace, thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Tally-ho. Yeah. Oh, I would like to, uh, first of all, um, send uh, big thanks to Jonathan Bradley of the Western Standard for providing me with um, enough content to laugh my ass off uh, for the first half of the podcast tonight. I really appreciate it. Your integrity and journalistic seriousness is both noted and applauded. I would also like to thank Brian Lilly, um, the gag ball president of Post Media for providing me with the metaphor to do my intro about the serious journalists over at the Western Standard. Western Standard. I don't even have a tagline set up for them. Western Standard. Um, By the way, they were named after the Weekly Standard, um, which is a horrible, toxic, poisonous, conservative rag out of the United States that probably thinks that Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son and also the new Hitler. Um, I had fun tonight. This was an unplanned podcast. And uh, I am a little bit, um, I'm kind of delirious, I would say, at the idea that a lowly podcaster like myself is... um, trying to like bring down I'm basically trying to bring down Alberta at this point uh not the people well some of the people um but the the um uh, the cult for one thing the Plymouth Brethren Christian cult and now these uh cast of characters that include powerful politicians and their bagmen it is surreal to me <laughs> that um we can't seem to find any still to this to this day can't seem to find any mainstream media appetite for shining a spotlight on these things but thanks to the good work of Shane and Edith Wenzel for bravely stepping on that rake in the form of a lawsuit against David Wallace we may still get to see what it's like to put a sitting premier, a former premier, a former justice minister, a former political chief of staff to to Jason Kenney, um, conservative activists, and 
and shine a light in their face and get them to, let's face it, probably lie under oath. That's probably what's going to happen. However, the fact that they open themselves up to this is a an important first domino, not only for the David Wallace um, lawsuit and and his entire situation, but to other people in Alberta that are currently being victimized by the cast of characters that I mentioned before. Um, I, I, in order to um, adhere to an agreement that I made with that other individual that I mentioned, um, I will not be giving away that person's identity or anything, but let me just tell you, when that story comes out, it may not have the um, the sort of national, I guess, appeal that David Wallace has because of uh, Jesse Brown's work on Ratfucker. Here, let me just let me plug Ratfucker again. There you go. Um, but also, uh, it, it would probably be more provincially centric that person's situation. But it will blow your fucking mind the level of corruption and cooperation in that incestuous world in Alberta politics where the justice system and the police and the uh, political class all, um, you know, fuck each other and have orgies of corruption and help each other out when it comes to victimizing people over and over and over again. It is, guys, it's fucking crazy. Do you remember how crazy it was six months ago when we had David Wallace on the Dean Blundell show and Lachlan, bless his heart, was, was like, I don't even know how to take all this. And, and he was right. Everything has come into fruition. And so now when I talk to David, uh, I'm so like enthralled by um, the things that he says that, that are domestic and that are provable. That when he told me today that he still hadn't been served, I'm like, okay, I'll just go get the fucking documents. And and I and I secured the documents before the guy that was supposed to get served was like was supposed to see. It doesn't make any sense. Everything about this story seems to be uh, theater. If the Wenzels and I'll leave it on the, at this because my voice hurts and um, and I'm, at this point I I feel like uh, I, I'm repeating myself a little. But if the Wenzels go through with this lawsuit, um, bye-bye several people's careers. If this other individual comes out and starts talking, bye-bye several people's careers. Hello, um, national news story, but probably not because our fucking media sucks so fucking bad. You know, I, 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 I can knock this shit out of Western standard because on the face of it, they're clearly a slanted in the tank fake news organization but cbc ctv global what the fuck are you waiting for honestly what the fuck are you waiting for um there is so much happening right now that speaks to the fragility of our democracy and and the joke that is our political system um but i'm here for all of it thank you for watching we'll see you next time on black ball black ball
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.